to steal niggas, soldier in the field niggas. Hard to find niggas, out there on the grind niggas. Quick to put the nine in the spot and I'm out of line niggas. Thug niggas, a slug to your mug niggas. Drug niggas, ski masks and bloody glove niggas. Triple beam niggas, scheming for the cream niggas. The mean niggas, the million dollar dream niggas. Made niggas, them never be a slave niggas. Out here getting paid niggas, cradle to the grave niggas. Them drunk niggas, them fat blunts and skunk niggas. Quick to pop the trunk niggas, ready for the fuck niggas. Wild niggas, crazy drunken style niggas. Loud niggas, they live seven mile niggas. Crippin' blood niggas, clowning in the club niggas. Show me love niggas, vibe on the bus. Yeah. I'm back once again. This is your boy. This is your motherfucking boy. Yo, man, we're going to get New Music Fridays a little bit later. Maybe Sunday, Monday-ish. But, man, it's about that time that we finally get to the top 50 players in basketball. Oh, man. Woo! It's going to be a lot of emotions and feelings off this one. Niggas is going to be pissed off. But before we get to it, right? Yeah, because I'm sure about this, you know. No turning back now. No turning back now. We here. Trust. All right, before we get to that, though. So. All right. After contract extensions negotiations stalled out, Buddy Heald and the Indiana Pacers have started dialogue to work on finding a potential trade, league sources say. Well... If you know like I know, I mean, hell, going back to Sacramento would not be a bad idea for Buddy Heald. A Harrison Barnes for Buddy Heald swap would be dope. I mean, they did lose Tyrese Halliburton and then, I mean, I know they got Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, but more firepower is more firepower. And Buddy Heald can play that three. He might not be able to guard threes. The Lakers have been interested in him for a long time, but I feel like the Lakers are finished as far as free agent acquisitions are concerned. Uh, A team that I think that needs him really, really bad is the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat need Buddy Hill bad. Because they need to uh, replace the production of Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, who hit those open threes. I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of contenders, Phoenix Suns, I don't see why not. I don't see why why Phoenix wouldn't be able to use his services. I'm saying, though. But there hasn't been any, like, real discussions, like, with any teams that have emerged as candidates for Buddy Hill. Once we find more out on that situation, I'll get back to you guys. Next, Nicki Minaj's husband has got to be one of the dumbest people on the planet. Seriously. Like, who is this guy, man? This nigga is threatening this man knowing you're a felon. That was not the move. All right. 
So, Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Petty, has been ordered to serve up to four months of home detention as a result of threatening Offset in a viral social media video. This dude is a dummy. And it's birds like Nicki Minaj who marry niggas like this, man. And Nicki's a bird for playing victim. You know, she came out with some weird-ass statement talking about, you know... People been following her. People been praying on her downfall. I'm like, well, you don't make it easy to pray for your success because you're doing childish shit. You about, girl, you about to be 50. Nigga, you almost 50. It's like, come on, man. And and I bet you she supports, she, she supports this mess. This is ridiculous. It's like Offset and Cardi B ain't bothering nobody. And Kenneth Petty wanted to jump in a female beef. That shit is so weird to me. Moving on. Austin Rivers and Miles Bridges are beefing. Even Kyrie stepped in and was like, oh shit now. So, basically, Austin Rivers came out and basically said, I don't even need to read the article. I know what the fuck happened. So, Austin Rivers basically said that LaMelo needs better help around him and more mature teammates around him. And Miles Bridges took offense to that and said, you know, these niggas get on these podcasts. And swear that they the Don Dada. Swear that they getting all these fucking minutes when you barely getting on the motherfucking court. Austin Rivers fired back. You know, he fired back with some class. You know, even though Kyrie Irving, when he (laughs) entered the chat, he just said, all I suggest is you put a name on it. Rivers responded by saying, I've gotten pretty good minutes on every team that I've been on. I've gotten decent minutes everywhere I've been. And my minutes have nothing to do with y'all having internal conflicts and needing better teammates. We seen Kai Jones. You know, we seen Sis dropping down and getting his, e- getting his eagle on with no shoes on. Did you see that mess? Did you see this nigga Kai Jones, man? I understand. I know niggas gonna get at me in the comments. He's just dancing. Listen, man. Where I when I, where I come from, in the era I grew up in, we would have got clown for doing that shit. We would have got clown. This nigga is dancing. I mean, doing the splits is one thing, okay? James Brown did the split. You know, Michael Jackson did turnarounds and stuff like that. That was a part of the dance routine that he had. But the nigga is doing it with no shoes on. This nigga is dancing like a thot in the club. And then doing the bunny hop at the end. I'm just saying, bro. Kai Jones is on one, man. He is tweaking. Sis about to be off the team, bro. (laughs) Sis is about to be off the team, bro. And this is what LaMelo has to deal with, y'all. 
Austin Rivers was right. And then Miles Bridges. Come on, dude. I know your ass ain't talking, Miles. Man, you beat you beat women. You beat your woman in front of your son, dog. I understand you defending your teammate and all that. I get it. But Miles. Last an entire season, you know, before you start talking shit. Like, I understand you, you you come into the defense of your team and your teammates. I get that. But come on, man. You the, wrong, you the right you the right message, but the wrong messenger, bro. That's what it is. Bridges is tweaking, bro. Bridges is wild tweaking. He said something to the degree of, you know, you talking all this shit. You ain't clocking no minutes. And then we'll see next season. You know what I'm saying? What's up? I mean, no one's saying that Miles Bridges ain't good at basketball. He's great. He's he a good player. But nigga. I mean, Austin Rivers just basically responded. Work on your character. Okay? Don't hop in to what I'm saying. This has nothing to do with you. He didn't even mention Miles Bridges. But it is what it is. The Suns could move DeAndre Ayton to the Blazers as part of a three-team Damian Lillard trade. Talks between the Suns, Blazers, and the Heat have intensified over the last day or so. I mentioned this last show that the trade talks with Damian Lillard are gaining steam finally. I mean, Damian Lillard hasn't done the most with this, man. He just asked for a trade. And said he would like to play for the Heat. And it seems like the Blazers are looking to honor that wish. But they're not, you know, it's not easy for them. They want him to stay. They're trying to convince him to stay on Portland. And I don't blame them. Not even a little bit. But, wow, DeAndre Ayton going to the Blazers, that'd be cool. I mean... If the Suns, what if the Suns get Nurkic? I can see the Suns going after Joseph Nurkic. Even though Nurkic hasn't been healthy over the last couple of seasons. If the Suns can get a healthy season out of Joseph Nurkic though, that'd be good. We all know if Dame go to the Heat, it's up. But my question is, what the fuck is Miami going to give up? Is Tyler Hero going to go to the Blazers as well? Or the Suns? I'll probably uh, go to the trade machine next episode. I don't have time for uh, this shit. We got to get to these top 50 players. Like ASAP. So let's get to it, man. Let's get to my number 50 guy. Let's talk. Let's talk some shit. Number 50 was the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, Jaron Jackson Jr. could have been a candidate for, you know, most improved player last year. He could have. I mean, last year for Memphis, he was pretty solid, in my personal opinion. And he became an NBA All-Star for the first time. 
Last year, he averaged, let's see, 19 points per game, seven rebounds per game, and three blocks per game, and a steal. So Jackson Jr. definitely is worthy of the number 50 spot on this list. Let's move on to number 49. Number 49, um, up until his injury, he was going crazy off the bench. And he is the league's sixth man of the year, number 49, Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon had a very stellar season. You know, as a person who bets, this dude was always reliable. I mean, last year, he played 67 games. He averaged 15 points a game, four assists per game, four rebounds, and he shot 44% from three. 44% from three, (laughs) y'all. I'm reading this right now. Like, whoa. Oh, yeah, I forgot to to talk about Jaron Jackson's playoff stats. Oh, well, fuck it. You know, we ain't even got to get into that. Last year in the playoffs, you know, Brogdon was hurt. He didn't necessarily play as well as he did during the regular season, but he averaged 12 points per game off the bench, shot 38% from three. So 49 is the perfect spot for him. Now, number 48. This guy is a a, a new Celtic, an old wizard. Number 48, Kristaps Porzingis. Now, Kristaps Porzingis had... A career season last year because he averaged the most points that he ever had for his career um he averaged 23 points per game he actually played um 65 games last year that's a lot for him and that's almost tied for the most games that he's ever played for his nba career because he's been known to be injury prone So he averaged 23 points per game, eight rebounds, a a block and a half per game, and three assists. That's pretty good. But however, he did this on a mediocre Washington Wizards team. We got to see what happens because now I found out that Perzingis will be ready for training camp and will be available for the first game of the NBA season. All right, let's move on. Number 47. Um, This player, you know, usually when he's 100%, he's an all-star. And he's a solid number two option. Number 47, Chris Middleton. Now, I understand why a lot of people would be mad. But you got to understand, this dude only played 33 games. And only averaged 15 points per game, four rebounds a game, and five assists per game. And he shot the worst he's ever shot from three last year. He shot 32% from three, y'all. However, Chris Middleton in five NBA playoff games bounced back. Even though his team, you know, was a part of an upset. His team was upset in the first round by the Miami Heat who won the Eastern Conference last year who won the Eastern Conference Championship 
However, despite his regular season struggles to remain healthy, in the playoffs, he averaged 24 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, shot 40% from 3, and shot 47% from 3. I mean, 47% from the field. So, Chris Middleton did show flashes of his old self in the playoffs. Especially when Giannis went down with that injury, he definitely stepped up. But if you combine it with his weird up and down season, number 47 is the correct spot for Chris Middleton. Number 46. This dude should have been considered at least one of the league's most improved players. Because in his second season, this dude went crazy. Number 46, Josh Giddy. Now, Josh Giddy played 76 games last year. He got the Oklahoma City Thunder through one round of the plan, ended up losing the second round of the plan to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Josh Giddy averaged almost 17 points per game, just shy of 17 points per game. Eight rebounds and six assists. And Giddy has proven to me that he is one of the better players in the league. And next season, he can only get better. Because I've seen a lot of games where he was averaging triple doubles through stretches of the regular season. Number 45. Like this dude... I think, I'm going to be honest with y'all, he should have been the league's most improved player last year. He kind of low-key got robbed. Not going to front. Like, who was the most improved player last year? I'm... Okay, it was Laurie Markkinen. Eh, I don't know. That's a toss-up. I think he was. But whatever. Number 45, Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain, you know, he only played 58 games, but he improved. He shot a career-high 48% from the field, 41% from three. He was shooting a lot more threes than usual for Memphis because of the John Morant controversy. He got a lot more touches of the basketball. He averaged just under 22 points per game, five rebounds, four assists, and a steal per game. Bain's actually known for his on-ball defense. In the playoffs, he averaged just under 24 points, six rebounds, three assists. Didn't shoot particularly well from three, but, you know, in the playoffs... Desmond Bain was not playing no games. A lot of the people on the Lakers could not check him in that series. And oh yeah, this top 50 is based on last season and the playoffs. So don't get your titties in a twist. We're not talking about the last four seasons. We're not talking about the last five seasons. We talk about last year, regular season, and the playoffs. Just so you know. All right, now let's move on to number 44. Number 44, I'm not going to lie. He, he kind of had his team. I'm not going to say he had a disappointing season, but because by these numbers, I don't know, man. 
I think he should have been had a league's most improved player award by now. Although he was an all-star actually last season. Because this dude was going crazy the first half. Number 44, Pascal Siakam. Now, Pascal Siakam averaged 24 points per game. Averaged six assists per game and eight rebounds per game. And he actually, you know, he's listed at power forward, but he played a lot of center last year. And Siakam could ball. He'd be going crazy. I mean, but, you know, Siakam's uh, uh, mission next year is to get the uh, Raptors to the playoffs. And, you know, Siakam was one game. You know, he they lost the opening round of the play-in last year. Number 43. This guy, once he was traded last year, his numbers went His numbers skyrocketed. Number 43, Macau Bridges. Now, Bridges can play some ball. He can ball. Like, the first half of the season when he was in Phoenix, you know, he averaged 17 points per game. But then, when he went to the Brooklyn Nets, though, he when he was when he was on the Nets last season in 27 games. Look at what this dude averaged. This guy was waiting to break out and play at an all-star caliber level. He averaged 26 points per game, three assists, just under five rebounds, a steal a game, and just under a block a game. For the total of last season, Bridges averaged 20 points per game. Shot 38% from three, 47% from the field. Let's look at his playoff numbers in the four games because, you know, his team was swept by the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. Um, Bridges averaged just under 24 points per game. Um, Shot 40% from three, shot 43% from the field. I mean, when Macau Bridges has the green light, He's a pretty damn good player. I wouldn't be surprised if Brooklyn has some early season success and he could possibly be an all-star next season. All right, let's move on to um, number 42. Number 42, Tyler Hero. Now, a lot of people might not like that ranking. I know he wouldn't like that shit. Because he had a pretty solid season up until his injury in the first round of the playoffs. You know, because there was speculation that he would return to the NBA Finals. But, you know, here's the problem, though. His team did well without him in uh, <laughs> throughout the playoffs. Like, if the Heat would have lost, Hero would have been ranked higher, for sure. But last year, for the Heat... He averaged 20 points per game. And check this out. He shot 93% from the free throw line. Can you say automatic? He shot 38% from three, 44% from the field. He only played in one game. Wow. In the playoffs. But with as many losses as the Heat 
had in the offseason, Hero is probably going to average 22, 23 points as, as the third option of this Miami Heat basketball team. Number 41, this was an injury-plagued season for this one player. Like, he just couldn't seem to get it together at the right time to help his team win games. Number 41, LaMelo Ball. Now, the year before, he played 75 games and was an NBA All-Star. And the numbers that he put up in the 36 games that he played this season was solid. He averaged 23 points per game, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. But unfortunately, the best ability is availability. And I feel like if LaMelo was available, he would be one of the league's top 30 players. But unfortunately, injuries derailed LaMelo Ball season. As, you know, he got injured on a non-contact injury. So, hopefully, we can get a, a healthy season out of LaMelo Ball. Number 40 was the Rookie of the Year. And his name is, at number 40, we got Paolo Banchero. Paolo Banchero had a hell of a season last year. The Orlando Magic, I think they won 34 games last year. They were a whole lot better with his presence. And it seemed like the Magic were finding their groove last year. I think this year, they have the potential to make the play-in, but... Paolo Banchero averaged 20 points per game, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and shot 43% from the field. Typical uh, numbers of a rookie who has yet to find, you know, the consistency and the efficiency. But I feel like next year, Paolo Banchero will be a lot better. Number 39, this is the league's most improved player. Laurie Markkinen. Markkinen had a hell of a season last year. But this is my issue with Markkinen. I felt like... Um... I felt like... I don't know, man. This may be a little harsh, but I feel like the Utah Jazz, as a staff record label and as a motherfucking crew, quit on their season last year. Because they were well on the way. To making the plan. I mean, Utah was good with the team that they had. Utah is not that great of a team. You know, they had just gave up Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, the first quarter of the season, they were a number one seed in the West. But Lori Markkinen averaged 26 points, nine rebounds, two assists. Shot 39% from three and shot 50% from the field. That is amazing. I definitely understand why he won most improved player. And he was an all-star for the first time last year. Definitely deserving. Number 38. I hated how his season ended, but he has one of the best roles in the NBA as 
probably, arguably, still the league's best on-ball defender. But here's the problem. We'll get to that in a minute. Number 38, Drew Holiday. Now, Drew Holiday had a great season. He was voted to the All-Star Game for the first time in 10 years. That's a hell of an accomplishment for Drew Holiday. Uh, last year, Holiday averaged 19 points per game, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, and a steal per game. You would have thought that he would average a little bit more than that than a steal per game. But last year, Jimmy Butler torched him. You know, I would rank Holiday a lot higher if that hadn't happened to Milwaukee. Like, Jimmy Butler destroyed this guy. And he was the primary defender on Jimmy. And, you know, it was so bad that the league called out Giannis for not checking Jimmy Butler. But, however, Giannis cleared things up by saying, hey, you know, um, I wanted to check Jimmy Butler, but my coach wouldn't let me. And that's probably why Mike Budenholzer got fired last year. But in the playoffs, he averaged 18 points per game in five games. Didn't He shot horrible from three. He shot 29% from three. But outside of the, the, the disappointing playoff run, Drew Holiday is still one of the better players in the NBA. Now, number 37... This dude fell off. I'm not going to lie. He fell off hard because this guy could easily be one of the top 15 players in the league if he actually focused on actually playing the center position. You know, they tried him out at Power Forward last year. I mean, don't get me wrong. He went. They, his team went to the playoffs, but it wasn't on his merit. It was on his teammates' merit. Number 37, Carl Anthony Towns. Last year, Carl Anthony Towns battled injuries also. That's also the reason why he's ranked so low. I mean, in the 29 games that he played, which was probably like the second portion of the season, he averaged 21 points and eight rebounds and under a block. That's not Carl Anthony Towns like. If you look at his career, Carl Anthony Towns, by the numbers, has a Hall of Fame career. Even if his career was over today. Look at these numbers. 23 points, 11 rebounds. But the flaw that people fail to point out is his lacking an effort on the defensive end. And a lot of NBA insiders and players think that Carl Anthony Towns is soft. So that's the part of the story that is not told. In the playoffs, he was okay. He averaged 18 points per game and 10 rebounds a game in the five games that they played in the playoffs against Denver because they lost their playing game to the Los Angeles Lakers and ended up playing the Denver Nuggets in the first round, and that didn't go too well for them. Number 36. This guy had a breakout regular season, but he fizzled out in the playoffs. Number 36, 
Darius Garland. Now, Darius Garland, that dude can play. Dude can ball. He's playing at an all-star level. He was an all-star the year before. But um, he averaged just under 22 points per game, eight assists, shot 41% from three, 46% from the field. He was pretty good throughout the season and served as a great number two option with Donovan Mitchell. But in the playoffs, though, they got pumped. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell got torched by, uh, what's his name? By Jalen Brunson. And the New York Knicks pumped the Cleveland Cavaliers last year. In the five games that Garland played in the playoffs, he averaged 21 points per game, shot 39% from three, shot 44% from the field, had only averaged five assists per game. But um, Garland's season came to a disappointing end. Number 35. Up until the playoffs, this guy had another all-star level season. And I underestimated him and his team. Number 35, Julius Randle. Now, if not for a pesky ankle injury... If not for that, I think Randall would have played a whole lot better. In my honest opinion. Last year, during the regular season, Randall averaged 25 points per game, 10 rebounds, and 4 assists. Now, his efficiency, you know, got criticized, but he shot 46%. That's not too bad. But however, you know, since he plays a big man position, pause, you know, he shot a lot better from the three. He shot 34% from three than he did last year. And he was an all-star yet again. During the playoffs, you know, he played on that bad ankle injury throughout. So his numbers went down. And Julius Randle gets criticized for how bad he plays during the playoffs. But this year, I guess he had some sort of an excuse, you could say. You know, I'm a no-excuses guy. You go out there and you ball out, especially if you feel like you can play. But you can tell that him playing on that ankle affected his numbers. Because he only averaged 17 points per game. And had only averaged... Eight rebounds a game. And he only shot 37% from the field, which is horrible. And shot 26% from three, which is horrible. And he kept getting criticized by Stephen A. Smith last year. Like, that dude was... That dude was going crazy on him. And I'm like, damn, dog, this nigga is hurt. And he going out there to ball. 
Everybody can't be Isaiah Thomas. Everybody can't play and score 40 points on a goddamn fucked up ankle. These players these days are not built like the players of old. Number 34, this person kind of had like a disappointing exit. Number 34, Zach Levine. Now, Zach Levine, by the numbers, you would say that he had a pretty good season. And he did have a good regular season. He averaged 25 points per game, four assists, four, uh, just under five rebounds a game, shot 49, just under 49%, and shot just under 38% from three. Levine disappointed by not making the playoffs as they were eliminated in the final playing game, an overtime shootout with the Miami Heat for the eighth seed in the East. But my issue with Levine is consistency. I feel like Levine can fill it up at any point. Pause. Like... And it just seemed like he fizzled out when the team needed him. I'm not saying that he disappeared. That would be a reach. But I'm saying it's just something missing about Levine. Then also, he doesn't play good defense. He doesn't put much effort on the defensive end. And I also feel like Levine should be a lot better than what he's given his team. That's all I'm saying. Number 33, this dude is the perfect number two. Number 33, DeJounte Murray. Now, DeJounte Murray, he played almost every game, but my issue with the Atlanta Hawks was they started off pretty bad. You know, they had to claw their way into the playoffs and win a a play-in thriller to get the seventh seed to play against um, the Boston Celtics. Last year, he averaged 21 points per game, six assists per game, and five rebounds. Didn't shoot it particularly well from three. He's not known for three-point shooting. 47, 46% from the field. During the five playoff games that they played against the uh, Boston Celtics, DeJounte Murray averaged 23 points per game, seven assists, seven rebounds, just just, uh, under seven assists, seven rebounds. Shot better from the three, shot 38% from three, and shot 45%, just under 45% from the field. So DeJounte Murray had a well-rounded season. They just ran into... Boston. I feel like next year Murray's going to take it a step for further. Number 32. I feel like this kid deserves more of an opportunity to shine, especially during the closing parts of the game. Number 32, 
Tyrese Maxey. Now, Tyrese Maxey, um, this guy has had a lot of big moments. And he is not afraid of the bright lights and the bright stage. He just isn't. And you gotta love a person who puts forth the effort like a Tyrese Max. Number twenty. I mean, he had um, he averaged twenty points per game. Not known for his rebounding and passing, he's more of a two guard. So he averaged 20 points per game. He shot 43% from three, shot 48% from the field. And during the playoffs, in his 11 games that he played, he averaged just under 21 points per game, averaged five rebounds, two assists, shot 40% from three, 43% from the field. I just felt like Philly maybe stunting this guy's growth because he's ready to have a breakout season number 31 this guy is probably one of the best players most underrated players in basketball number 31 DeMontis Sabonis now, DeMontis Sabonis is like the Nikola Jokic of his team. You know, his game is similar to Jokic, except the only difference is I feel like Jokic, you know, can step out and shoot that three-pointer. Sabonis only has like a mid-range game. And I like Sabonis' game. I mean, last year... He averaged 19 points per game, 12 rebounds a game, and 7 assists per game, which is a career high. He shot 61% from the field. And hell, he shot 37% from three. He didn't attempt many threes, though. And he played 79 games. Now, during the playoffs... Like Sabonis, you know, he had a kind of a drop off a little bit, but you know, they relied on um, the Aaron Fox and some of the other guys. You know, Sabonis did his job and what was asked of him. I mean, he averaged 16 points per game, 11 rebounds. Shot 50% from the field, just under 50% from the field. Only averaged five assists during the playoffs. And I mean, you know, that was a rough seven-game series that they had against Golden State last year. Number 30. This is a guy that I feel like is going to have a much better season because there is not that much pressure on him to score so much. Number 30. Bradley Beal. 
Bradley Beal can play. He played 50 games last year, but my issue with Beal was, this, you know, that Wizards team last year should have at least went to the play-in. Like, you had Kuzma who could get you 20. You had Beal who could get you 23, 24 points. You had Przingis who got you 23 points. And you guys couldn't make the play-in. That was just disappointing to me. And Beal's one of the best players in the world. You know, he actually led the NBA in scoring one year. Last year, Beal averaged 23 points per game, five assists per game, four rebounds a game. And Beal, um, and Beal last year, you know, was passing the ball a a lot more, even though the season before he was, but that was only off a 40 game sample size. In 50 games, Beal was more of a distributor. But I expect him to have more of, more of a shooting guard role and to be a distributor, a part-time distributor in Phoenix this year. He's going to have a hell of a year. You know, his numbers may come down, but his numbers will be more efficient. And as a matter of fact, he was efficient last year. He shot just over 51%. From the field last year. I didn't even know that. And then he shot just under 37% from three. So he. Beal was solid last year. It's just that. You know. When it came time to make a run to the playoffs. He fizzled out. Number 29. Oh man. Speaking of fizzled out. Damn, man. If not for an injury last year, I would have thought that his team could have made the play-in. Number 29, Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton was voted to be an all-star this year. I mean, last year he averaged 21 points per game and 10 assists per game. He was great. He shot 49% from the field, 40% from three, and he got a lot of criticism last year. Like, this this dude, Wally Serbiak, criticized the fuck out of this dude for no reason, which was kind of corny. But Halliburton, you know, only played 56 games. If he played all 82 games or at least 75, they would have made the playoffs. And they would have did this without Sabonis. That's crazy. Number 28. He was the number two guy on a team that went all the way to the NBA Finals and won a game. Number 28, Bam Adebayo. Now, Bam... He's still, I mean, although Paul he's undersized, he, he's one of the few people that actually play the big man position. Pause. He's one of those guys that, you know, actually protects the paint. 
He, you know, he went head up with Jokic last year. He was balling. Last year, he was also voted to the All-Star team. He averaged 20 points per game, 9 rebounds per game, just under a block per game, 3 assists. You know, my only issue with Bam is consistency. Like, if he averaged 21 and and 10 consistently, he would be great. He shot 54% from the field. He was pretty solid. Throughout the playoffs, he averaged 18 points per game, just under 10 rebounds a game, which is actually better than he did during the season. Like, Bam was pretty pretty damn good, if you ask me. And he got better as the season progressed. Now, number 27. This dude... Balled out until the bloody end. Number 27, Brandon Ingram. Now, Ingram only played uh, 45 games. But he was able to get the Pelicans to the play-in without Zion Williamson all year long. And they were unable to finish the job. And as the game's final turnover caused the end of their season. Last year, Ingram averaged 25 points, 6 assists, just under 6 rebounds. Shot 39% from 3, 48% from the field. I mean, he was good, don't get me wrong, but a pesky toe injury kept him in and out of the lineup most of the season. So, this is only the beginning for B.I., I mean, hopefully they get Zion Williamson back. Because when Zion was there, the Pelicans were the number one seed in the league. They were the number one team in the league for like a couple of weeks. So this team has potential. And as you notice, yes, Zion is not ranked. No. He's going to have to earn it. Number 26. I just wish that this guy focused just on basketball and not strip clubs. Number 26, James Harden. Now, I do understand. Like, guys want to have their fun. They want to live the nightlife. That's fine. But one player that did some of the same things, Dennis Rodman, still showed up and outworked Michael Jordan. Harden does none of the sort. When Harden doesn't get his way, he's very bratty. You know, because Adam Silver, according to Ramona Shelbourne, just in case y'all want to ask the source, you know, Harden was asked to be an all-star fill-in. And he was mad because he wasn't voted to be an all-star last year. And granted, he should have been an all-star last year. 
I mean, he averaged 21 points and 11 assists last year and six rebounds. He's a really good player. But when you're not 100% motivated and you're not putting 100% of you into the game, your focus is off. And Harden isn't somebody that's a number one option anymore. You know, he has number one option games, but you can't rely on Harden. As good as he is, like, Harden has the ability to really legitimately beat a top 10 NBA player. He does. He's got top 10 talent. But average player mindset. Harden shouldn't be ranked 26th on my list at all. He should be at least top 15. During the playoffs, he averaged 20 points per game, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. But Harden, you know what I'm saying? He's always good game 1, game 2. But when you need him game 6, game 7, like last year, he'll let you down. Because in that 7-game series against Boston, he was awful. And Harden tends to not show up in closeout games. So that's why I ranked him number 26. Number 25. Um, This guy had a great regular season, but a, uh, a disappointing end. And this guy's supposed to be the number one option of his team. Number 25, DeMar DeRozan. Now, DeMar DeRozan had yet another all-star season where he averaged just under 25 points per game, five assists, and just under five rebounds a game. Shot 50% from the field. Hell, even shot 32% from three. You know, DeRozan don't shoot threes very well. So for him to to make more than 30% of his threes, that's a blessing. But, you know, he lost in the final play-in game for the 8th seed versus the Miami Heat. Um, DeRozan was consistent the whole year. He was pretty good. He just couldn't finish the job to get his to will his team to the playoffs. Tough. Number 24. This guy had a breakout season. And I bet the Dallas Mavericks feel really fucking dumb letting him go. Number 24, Jalen Brunson. Now, Jalen Brunson had a hell of a season. And I feel like he should have been a candidate for most improved player. I'm surprised that, you know, because last season I had a segment talking about a lot of players could be the most improved player. And Jalen Brunson is an example because last year he only averaged 16 a game. This year, in 68 games, he averaged 24 points, 6 assists, just under 4 rebounds, shot 49% from the field, and shot just under 42% from 3. During the playoffs, Jalen Brunson looked like one of the 15 best players in the league during the playoffs. You could argue, like, if not for Jimmy Butler, Brunson had great playoff performances. He averaged just under 30 point, uh, 28 points per game. I'm sorry. Just under 28 points per game. Just under six assists per game. And five rebounds per game. And almost two steals 
a game. Shot 47% from the field. Didn't shoot it particularly well from three. But he's a mid-range guy. The best is yet to come pause from uh, Jalen Brunson. Number 23. Oh, man. This guy could not stay off of the injury report. But, however, when he was on the court, his impact was felt. And, unfortunately, he didn't get to play when his team needed him in the playoffs. Again, what do I always say? The best ability is availability. That's right. Number 23, Paul George. Paul George is a great player. He keeps talking about this is revenge season, blah, blah, blah. I want to see it. Now the NBA is starting to crack down on guys like you, guys like LeBron, guys like AD, guys like Kawhi for load management. Even though Paul and Kawhi say that their team had them on this leash, we'll see next season whether you guys, they, those two guys were right or not. Last year, Paul George averaged 24 points per game, five assists, six rebounds, shot 56, uh, just under 46% from the field, 37% from three. And as I cited before, he did not play last year in the playoffs. Number 22, next season, I'm calling it now. This guy is going to be one of the 10 or 15 best players in the league. Number 22, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards had yet another breakout season. He continues to get better. Like if you saw the Olympics, you saw this guy's potential. I think his team really needs to trade Carl Anthony Towns. And they could use... Anthony Edwards like they used Jordan in 88 like he played 79 games he's Mr. Reliable he averaged 25 points per game just under 25 points per game just under 6 rebounds per game 5 rebounds a game shot 46% from the field shot 37% from 3 in the playoffs my god this guy averaged 30, just under 32 points per game, y'all. Five assists, five rebounds, shot 48% from the field, 35% from three. He played amazing. Like in both of his playoff series that he was in, he was incredible. But I don't see his team taking a step forward until they can move Carl Anthony Towns. Number 21. Unfortunately, this guy's season ended because his team decided to quit on the season and tank for a lottery pick. Number 21, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving played well last season. He was incredible. But unfortunately, his team quit on him. 
He averaged 27 points per game, just under six assists per game, five rebounds, shot 91% from the free throw line. Shot 40, just under 42% from three and 47% from the field. Kyrie Irving was mad efficient last year. But more on Dallas's season in a moment when we get to his teammate, Luka Doncic, or later on in the list. But Kyrie had a great season when he was in Brooklyn trying to push to make the playoffs. And then when he was on Dallas trying to get Dallas to go to the playoffs. He had an incredible season. But unfortunately, his team didn't make the playoffs, so that knocks him down a few spots lower than he should be. Speaking of availability, number 20, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard had a great season. He did play 52 games. He had a slow start. You know what I'm saying? He had a very slow start. A lot of people were questioning whether Kawhi Leonard still had it or not. But last year, he averaged just under 24 points per game, four just under four assists per game, just under seven rebounds a game, shot just under 42% from three, and shot 51% from the field. Kawhi Leonard, when he was available, you know, when Kawhi Leonard is playing basketball, he's one of the top 10 players in the world. And last year throughout the playoffs, Kawhi was balling up until he injured himself once again. When he partially tore his meniscus. Like this dude was playing out of his mind. I'm starting to think I may have ranked him too low. Look at this shit, y'all. 30, just under 35 points per game in the playoffs. Six assists. Just under seven rebounds. Shot 50, under just under 55% from the field. Shot 60% from three-point land. As I said, time and time again, I'm going to have to tell you hoes. Kawhi Leonard, when he's available, is a top 10 basketball player. But due to the injuries, the load management, and the inconsistent availability, Kawhi Leonard earned the number 20 spot. And of course, the slow start to the season. Let's move on to number 19. Number 19, this guy had a breakout season and he gave the Golden State Warriors hell in the first round of the playoffs. Number 19, the Aaron Fox. Man, I love the Aaron Fox's game. Like he could have been on that most improved player list as well. Like, he averaged 25 points per game, six assists, four rebounds per game, shot 51% from the field. Didn't shoot it particularly well from three, but he's not a great three-point shooter. But however, he does everything else right. Kind of underrated on the defensive end, if you ask me. Like in the playoffs, this guy averaged 27 points per game, just under eight assists per game. Average two steals a game. 
And hell, he shot better from the three than usual. He shot 33%. Um, didn't shoot it particularly well from the field, but Fox was reliable for the Sacramento Kings all year. And he's one of the best, if not maybe the best, fourth quarter scorer in the league. And, you know, the NBA named him as the most clutch player last season. And speaking of clutch, number 18, my favorite player in basketball, Damian Lillard. Now, I understand that Damian Lillard's numbers were out of this world. That's great and all. Got to make the playoffs, baby. I don't give a fuck if the West is. is crazy. You're, you're the number one guy. You've led worst teams to the playoffs, which is crazy. A lot of people say that Dame's had help. When? I want to know something. They had skill position players, but help where? Outside of CJ, who has never been an all-star, where is Damian Lillard's all-star help? I want to know something. People just be talking out of their ass. But back to Lillard's numbers. I mean, he was all NBA third team, an all-star he averaged 32 points per game, seven assists, under just under five rebounds, shot 37% from three, 46 from the field. But his team failed to contend. You got to knock Damian Lillard a little bit because of that. Number 17, he is the most hated NBA player in the league. Number 17, Trey Young. Trey Young wasn't even an all-star. Look at these numbers. You tell me what's up. 26 points per game. 10 assists per game. He doesn't he doesn't shoot it particularly well from the field. He shot 40 just under 43% from the from the field. Shot just under 34% from 3. Not very efficient. But fuck all that. This dude averaged 26 points per game and 10 assists and didn't get voted to the didn't, didn't get voted to the All-Star team. That is insane to me. And then in the playoffs, even better. He averaged 29 points per game, 10 assists, averaged just under 2 steals a game. He's not even known for defense. Yo, man, (laughs) yo, these niggas got to put some respect on Trey Young's name. This guy is putting up these crazy numbers and not being an all-star. And the Hawks were a playoff team. What the fuck is going on? It's hate. Hate is at an all-time high when describing Trey Young. Number 16. This is the perfect example of very high highs and low lows. Number 16, Donovan Mitchell. Now, Donovan Mitchell throughout the season was wreaking havoc on the Cleveland Cavaliers and was a matchup nightmare for anybody that decided to check him. I mean, he did average 28 points per game, four assists, four rebounds, shot just under 39% from three, and shot 48% from the field. In the playoffs, though, He was disappointing. He didn't shoot particularly well from three. 
And he has a history of doing this. Like outside of that bubble season, which was amazing, you know, Mitchell's been up and down in the playoffs. Last year, he averaged 23 points per game in the playoffs, seven assists per game, which is great. If he passed like that normally, the Cavaliers would go pretty far during the regular season and would have gotten a better seed to avoid a team like the Knicks who punked them. Five rebounds a game. Let's see. But his disappointing ending caused him to fall down my list to number 16. Number 15. This is one of the better number twos in the league. Number 15, Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown, he had an amazing regular season. But during that Heat series, he was exposed for not having a left hand. Like, how can you be an all-star caliber player or an all-star in general and not be able to dribble to your left? I don't see how he survived this long just going right. That's crazy. And then he just got, at that time, the highest paid NBA contract. I mean, he claims he's going to donate some of that money to the community. We'll see about that. But... During the regular season, Jalen Brown averaged 27, just under 27 points per game, a steal, just under four assists per game, seven rebounds, shot 49% from the field. During the playoffs, his numbers went down significantly. Shot it better from the three, though, 35%. Shot 50%, uh, 50, just under 50% from the field, 23 points. Although he put forth a good effort to try to come back, to be try to be the first team to come back from down 3-0, but it was too little, too late for Jalen Brown. Number 14, a lot of people are gonna wonder why I ranked this guy over Jalen Brown. I mean, it's it's because this guy's the number one option. Number 14, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Now, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was an all-star for the first time last year. And this dude is a monster. A one-on-one matchup nightmare. This guy carried his team to the playing game where they eventually ended up losing to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, Gilgis Alexander averaged 31 points per game, just under six assists per game, just under five rebounds per game, and shot 51% from the field. He had an amazing season. A lot of people would probably rank him just outside the top 10. Number 13. This person right here, it's the reason why I ranked this guy here. This person overcame an ACL injury, y'all. An ACL injury. This shit is tough to overcome. And he returned last year as one of the better number two options in the league to will his team to an NBA championship. Number 13, Jamal Murray. Now, a lot of y'all are going to be like, oh, man, how is he ranked over all these people? Well, it's simple. He was reliable. He was available. 
and he was a big part of that championship last year. He deserved his come up. I mean, last year during the regular season, he averaged 20 points per game, six assists per game, four rebounds, shot 45% from the field, and shot just under 40% from three, which is amazing. But Jamal Murray has the Jimmy Butler syndrome. When the playoffs come, the when the lights are brighter, Jamal Murray shines the brightest. Like, during the playoffs, he averaged 26 points per game, seven assists per game, six, just under six rebounds per game, shot 40% from three again, shot 47% from the field. Jamal Murray was amazing, and he was averaging a triple-double alongside his all-star teammate who was also averaging a triple-double or put up a triple-double in a couple of key games. Let me rephrase that. But Jamal Murray deserves all of the uh, respect and the come-up that he had because that goes to show you that Denver, when they're completely healthy, they're a championship contender. Let's move on to number 12. <laughs> the irony that this nigga's number is 12. And uh, he was under <laughs> the investigation of 12. Number 12, John Morant. If not for a gun-toting uh, regular season, this guy could have went on a deep playoff run and could have clashed with the Denver Nuggets. But despite his controversy in 61 games, John Morant, and John Morant was an all-star too. And one of the top five greatest shooters in history. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. But um, anyway, regular season, right? John Morant averaged 26 points per game, eight assists, just under six rebounds, didn't shoot it particularly well from three, but shot 40, just under 47% from the field. John Morant in the playoffs when he returned, he averaged 25 in the Lakers series where he was disappointing. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies were supposed to go deeper into the playoffs. Like they weren't, you know, they were supposed to beat the Lakers. But however, you know, with the finagling and, and, and movement of Rob Palenka, it was just too much for the Memphis Grizzlies to overcome. But John Morant was amazing during his play during the playoffs. Number eleven, oh boy! In the great words of Prince, controversy. Now a lot of y'all people are going to get mad at some of the things that I'm about to say about my number 11 guy here. You know, y'all got after the CBS sports game for ranking him 12. And they're about to come after me for ranking this guy 11. Number 11, LeBron James. Now, with GOAT, um, with GOAT praise comes GOAT expectations. And not to say that LeBron didn't live up to expectations. You know, he only played 55 games. You know, we expect LeBron to play 65, 70 games. Now, I do understand that most of the season he dealt with a foot injury. Understandable. 
But so many of these analysts were making excuses about this guy. He needs surgery. He needs surgery. Well, um, when is that happening, my G? Did he need surgery or was his foot just hurting because of his age? Or is Father Tom knocking on the door? Now, you know, LeBron James has been one of those players that has defied Father Time. Let's get into his regular season numbers. He averaged 29 points per game. That's amazing. Just under seven rebounds per game. No, actually, you know what? Just under seven assists per game. And eight rebounds per game. Shot 50% from the field. That's good. Didn't shoot particularly well from three. He's not a great three-point shooter. Not a great free throw shooter either. But we're not going to... I'm not going to nitpick like Skip Bayless and use his free throws. Only in the clutch is where I'll nitpick. Throughout the playoffs, in 16 playoff games, he was great. He was great in the Memphis series. He was great in the Warriors series. But in that Denver series, they just couldn't beat Denver one game. And, you know, he went, he missed 23 straight three-pointers. That was crazy. He only shot 26% from three in the playoffs. That's crazy. He only shot, oh, okay, 76% from the free throw line. That's not bad. That's not bad for him. And during the playoffs, he averaged just under 25 points per game, just under seven assists. He averaged... 10 rebounds a game. That's great. That's what he should be averaging. Like, throughout his playoff career, he's been solid on the boards. Gotta give him some credit. He had a great season. And he was available for the playoffs. Despite having the injuries. But here's the thing. We will get to why I think, you know, why LeBron's ranked 11 a little bit later. Number 10. This dude is a matchup nightmare every night. He dealt with an injury early in the season, but he ended up bouncing back. However, his team and his organization quit on him and his teammate. Number 10, Luka Doncic. Now, picking between Luka and LeBron James, who should get the 10th spot, was very difficult. And it was a high degree of difficulty. But since Luka's technically the number one option of his team, and LeBron is technically really supposed to be the number two option, he's the number two option in my eyes, I think Luka Doncic had a great season up until they quit. Because he averaged 32 points per game, 8 assists per game, just under 9 rebounds a game. Didn't shoot particularly well from 3. But shot almost 50% from the field last year. Luka was a a problem. But me, in my heart of hearts, if the Mavericks would have just let Dallas play that game. Because they were going to win that last game. They were definitely going to win that last game. And they were going to get that 10th spot. And I feel like they were going to win out of the play-in with him and Kyrie Irving and Tim Hardaway Jr. And all of those guys on Dallas. I think they could have given Denver problems in the first round. And I think they could have, you know, 
forced them seven games, in my opinion. If Dallas would have went to the playoffs, but if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. And that's why I had to rank him as number 10 because as far as an all-star, it was disappointing that his team did not go to the playoffs. And mind you, he's the only person in the top 10 that did not go to the playoffs. Everybody else that's ranked in the top 20 in the top 20 outside of Dame, outside of Dame, Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard were the only guys that were ranked in the top 20 that did not make the playoffs. Something to think about. And Luka's the perfect example of his numbers were just good enough for him to make the top 10. Number nine, this guy had one of the best playoff runs in NBA history last year. Number nine, Jimmy Butler. A lot of y'all LeBron LeBron fans and Bron sexuals gonna be mad. I don't give a fuck. Jimmy Butler deserves respect for his deep playoff run. Seriously. This guy, you know, you know, Miami Heat dealt with injuries. He was hurt for most of the playoffs. He was playing hurt a lot of the playoffs. And he still willed his team to the NBA Finals. So it's not really no excuses for no other star players that may get excuses. But they don't make players like Jimmy Butler anymore. He is a throwback in a dying breed. Last year during the regular season, he averaged 23 points per game. He's not your mama's star player. But he averaged uh, just, I mean, he averaged six rebounds, five assists. Shot better from three, actually. He shot 35% from three. That's pretty damn good for, you know, a guy that doesn't shoot threes. Last year throughout the playoffs, in 22 playoff games, Jimmy Butler averaged 27 points per game, six assists, seven, just under seven rebounds, shot 36% from three. Jesus. Shot just under 47%. Jimmy Butler is the perfect example of carrying a team to the finals. Like these guys almost lost a 3-0 lead to Boston. They upset the best team in the league record-wise. Let me say that again. This guy upset the best team. In the league, as an eight seed, overcame, almost lost a 3-0 lead the next round, then goes to the conference final. You know, they, they, they beat the Knicks. My bad. I forgot about, I forgot they played the Knicks. They, they had a hard-fought series against the Knicks. That shit was a brutal six games. Then, you know, they survived Jalen Brunson. Then they went and played the Celtics in a seven-game series that was brutal. 
Then they won a playoff game off of the defending champs. That's why I rank Jimmy Butler number nine on this list. Because playoff Jimmy is a top five player in this league. I'm just saying. Number eight. Now, I would rank this guy top five. Again, this is another example of availability is the best ability. But lucky for him, he was available during the playoffs. Number eight, Kevin Durant. Now, this guy has overcome an Achilles injury. But unfortunately, Kevin Durant has not played 60 60 games since he tore his ACL. I mean, last year... Kevin Durant, at when he was available, he only played 47 games, but he averaged 29 points per game, five assists per game, and just under seven rebounds. Um, he shot 40% from three, shot 56% from the field. Like, when Kevin Durant's available, he's a top five guy, straight up. But, however... Only playing 47 games knocks him down just a little bit. And the fact that he is technically the number two option on his team. And is the best number two option in basketball. I know a lot of y'all going to be mad when y'all hear this, but Devin Booker is the number one guy in Phoenix. We all know this. But Kevin Durant in this year's playoffs... He averaged in 11 games 29 points per game. Just under 6 assists per game. Just under 9 rebounds per game. Shot 48% from the field. 33% from 3. Not necessarily great. 92% from the free throw line. KD is still a great basketball player. And I'm not knocking him. But again, the best ability is availability. And lucky for him, he skated by being ranked number eight. And number seven is his teammate, Devin Booker. While we're on the subject, Devin Booker had a breakout season last year. He had an early injury, you know what I'm saying? He had a nagging hamstring injury throughout the season that he battled, but good enough to play 53 games. He shot 49% from the field, 35% from three. He averaged 28 points per game. Five and a half assists per game. Four and a half rebounds per game. Look at this throughout the playoffs. Check this out, y'all. He averaged 34 points per game. 34 points per game, y'all. Seven assists. Just under two steals per game. Shot 59% from the field. Shot just under 51% from three. I don't see how Devin Booker's not a top 10 player. I'm sorry, y'all. He just is. Seeing these numbers really impress me. So respect the D-Book. Number six. 
This guy had a pretty stellar season and a pretty damn good playoffs. Number six, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum last season averaged 30 points per game, just under five assists, and just under nine rebounds per game. He was getting after the boards last year, y'all. He was going crazy on the rebounds. This dude was making me a lot of money on the betting side of the game, man. Shot 35% from three, 47% from the field. All right, playoffs. A lot of people criticize Jason Tatum for not showing up in the playoffs. And then, you know, some people have the nerve to say that Brown is better than Tatum, which is odd to me. I mean, if, a, if someone told me after I averaged this in the playoffs that I'm not good in the playoffs, I'd be pissed off. Like, during the playoffs last year, Jason Tatum averaged 27 points per game, just under 11 rebounds per game, five assists, shot just under 46% from the field, didn't shoot well from three at all. And then, you know, they almost, you know, Tatum was almost a part of a team that was the first team to come back from down 3-0 and win a series. That would have been crazy history. If he would have did that, regardless of the results of the next round, Tatum would have been top five for show for show. And now we have entered the infamous top five players in the league. Woo, it's going to be a lot of feelings. A lot of niggas mad and hurt. Number five. This man did not get enough credit for, for willing this team to the playoffs last year. Number five, Anthony Davis. Now, I just got through saying availability is the best ability, and then we got the poster child for unavailable. But this season was different. When Anthony Davis is on the court, he makes a very big impact. Mind you, if we look at the last two seasons, Anthony Davis has played... 36 games in 2021 and 2022 he played 40 games this season he played 56 games which is progression and it's actually good for him to play actually almost 60 goddamn games because he's never in the history of niggerdom played 82 games last year anthony davis you gotta you gotta understand something yes i know y'all tired of hearing this stat but Last year, when LeBron James went down with an injury, the Lakers went 11-9. and February 9th, the Lakers were the 13th seed in the league. February 26th, LeBron James gets injured. I'm going to try to see if I can get where the Lakers were on February 26th. Aha, there we go. All 
All right, I think I found it. Let's see. February 26th, when LeBron James got hurt, the Lakers were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. They were 12th, y'all. 12th. And this is a part of the reason why I didn't rank LeBron in my top 10. Because he was gone. This game right here, when he got hurt, the Lakers were 29-32. and 32. Gotta think about it. I hate to make this a long segment, but it's just gonna have to be done. I will not let you LeBron James fanboys get away with this. We we got the facts right here. We gonna be on this number five for quite a minute. So strap on your seatbelts. You've never been on a ride like this before. We'll get back to Anthony Davis in a moment. But I actually have the game logs and the evidence to show y'all. And when I do put out these videos one by one, I'm going to show y'all why I ranked LeBron 11th and I ranked LeBron, I mean, and I ranked uh, Anthony Davis at number five. Let me show y'all something. So, when LeBron James was on the floor, the Lakers were 24 and 24 with him in the lineup. 500 basketball, right? So, LeBron James gets hurt. On February 26, 2023. Once he gets injured, guess what seat the, the Lakers are? The Lakers are the 12 seed, and they were 29 and 32, under 500 basketball. AD, you know what I'm saying, started taking over the team. And he was balling down the stretch. So look at AD's game log throughout that time. Let's look at his stats. Because in that in that game on February 26, 2023, Anthony Davis had 30 points, 15 rebounds. Let's look at his numbers up until LeBron James returned on... March 26, 2023. Let's take a look at Anthony Davis's month. This is the proof right here that AD, when he's available, he's a monster. And LeBron James was not the reason the Lakers made the playoffs. It was Anthony Davis. Okay. So again, uh, February 28 versus Memphis. Anthony Davis had 28 points, 19 rebounds. Against Minnesota on March 3rd, 38 points. Against Golden State Warriors, 39 points. Next game, against Memphis again, 30 points, 22 rebounds. Next game, then Toronto, he scored eight. Okay, bad game. Anthony Davis. Scored 17 points, but had 16 rebounds. Next game after that, 35 points, 17 rebounds. 
The next game against the New Orleans Pelicans, 35 points, 17 rebounds, three blocks. Next game against Dallas, 26 points, 10 rebounds. Next game against Orlando, 15 points, 11 rebounds. Next game against Phoenix, 27 points, 9 rebounds. Next game against OKC, 37 points, 15 rebounds. And then LeBron returned. And even when LeBron returned, up until the play the play in AD had 38 points 38 points 40 points and this is a three game stretch and then record wise overall when Anthony Davis started basketball games without LeBron James, they were 11 and 9. 24 and 24 with LeBron. Let that marinate. I'm ready for y'all fuck niggas in them comments, bitch. I'm ready for y'all. Try to dispute that. I'd love I'd love you to. The evidence is right here. Okay. So then when February 6th comes around, 26th comes around, LeBron James gets hurt. Lakers are 12th. Then they go 8-5 and five without him. And when LeBron returns to the lineup on March 26th, guess what seat they are? They went from 12th to 9th. And this was after after the trades and stuff like that. They went from 12th to 9th in the West. And then that two-game stretch when he returned, they ended the season as the seventh seed. That's how crucial Anthony Davis was. And then and throughout those games, to get to contention... In the games that they won, AD was present. But let's get back to Anthony Davis's numbers. I had to let y'all know that it wasn't just LeBron that willed that team back because they were 12th when LeBron left and they were 9th Anthony Davis got that team to ninth. And then when LeBron returned, they ended up seventh. So Anthony Davis did a lot of the heavy lifting for the Los Angeles Lakers. Last season, Anthony Davis averaged 26 points and just under 13 rebounds per game. Averaged two blocks a game, a steal a game, and just under three assists per game. In the playoffs, he averaged 23 points per game, three blocks, 14 rebounds, just under three assists, and a steal. And people criticized Anthony Davis for not doing anything, which is ridiculous. Now, yes, Nikola Jokic... 
cooked Anthony Davis in that uh, Nuggets series. That's very true. But Anthony Davis got him in the bubble. So Jokic learned how, you know, Jokic got a lot better. But even in that series, Anthony Davis was good. A, a A nigga averaged 23 points and 14 rebounds and three blocks. And they say he didn't do anything. Ridiculous. Like like the first game, Anthony Davis in game one against Denver had 40 points and 10 rebounds, but he didn't do nothing. Game two, he had 18 points, 14 rebounds, four assists, and four blocks, but he didn't do nothing. He had 28 points and 18 rebounds in game three, but he didn't do nothing in two blocks. Anthony Davis had 21 points, 14 rebounds, and three blocks in game four. But Anthony Davis ain't do nothing. You see how bad the narrative is? And then they say LeBron don't have help. That's how fucked up and flawed that narrative is. That was LeBron that shot two horrible shots in game four. Not Anthony Davis. You were supposed to run pick and roll with Anthony Davis. The Lakers didn't utilize him in that series in closeout moments. That was a part of the reason why they couldn't win a game. And then, of course, you know, D'Angelo Russell did have a bad series. That's a a small part. Austin Reeves showed his ass in that series. But, all right, let's get to the top four. I've been going on this a long time, but a lot of y'all had to understand why I ranked Anthony Davis number five and LeBron James number 11th. Number four, this guy at his age and pause his size you know what I'm saying because there's not that many short cats in the game right now you know six six two and under doing this at the age he's doing it pause but um number four Steph Curry Stephen Curry had an amazing magical season Granted, he played 56 games. I completely understand. But 29 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. That's around what he averages, damn near. Or what he, what were, those numbers are what we're, we've been used to from Steph Curry. He shot 49% from the field, 43% from three. Very efficient. Very underrated. And in the playoffs, he played well. He averaged 31 points per game. Six assists, five rebounds. Around the same what we're used to. It's the same old Steph. 
greatest shooter ever. One thing about Steph that wasn't noticed last year, he got a lot better on the defensive end. However, you know, outside of the Lonnie Walker game, Stephen Curry, up until that point, he was playing pretty good defense on people last year. And, you know, that's been what many viewed as his weakness. Number three, this player had a very disappointing exit. And it's probably the reason why he's not the best player in the league. Number three, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis led the Bucks to the best record in the NBA last year. But it was much ado about nothing. Giannis said himself that it don't mean a thing without that ring. And he's right. Giannis took accountability for failing his team in the playoffs. Even though he didn't play necessarily awful, he he went down against the Miami Heat swinging and played through injury, which deserves a lot of respect. And Giannis had that classic speech at the end of the season. He was clearly frustrated. I mean, you were the number one seed getting eliminated by an eight seed. You got to feel a type of way. And I truly do believe that next season will be a revenge season for Giannis. And don't act like a top five player has not been eliminated in the first round before. I've seen it. So, last year, Giannis Antetokounmpo averaged 31 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, and just under six assists per game. And he shot 55% from the field. Didn't shoot it particularly well from the free throw line. And in the playoffs, in a limited sample size, his numbers went significantly down as the Miami Heat, you know, played some very good defense on him. Despite him shooting 53% from the field, Middleton was balling in that Heat series, as, as I stated before. Giannis in the playoffs averaged 23 points per game, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Although his team disappointed, the regular season was just good enough to have him top three in my eyes. But again, don't act like a top five player has not been eliminated in the playoffs before early. We've seen it with Kobe. We've seen it with Iverson. We've seen it with Tracy McGrady. We've seen it with James Harden. We've seen it with Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic was eliminated last year in the first round. And I still ranked him number four. So those people who are trying to say I'm hypocritical can eat a dick. Number two. The most valuable player of the NBA, Joel Embiid. Now, Joel Embiid gets a lot of slack for not working hard enough, 
and not being good enough. But last year, I feel like Embiid maximized and definitely earned it. He was the best player throughout the regular season. He was cooking. Now, there was an argument for Joker for to win the MVP. Understandable. We'll get to that momentarily. But Joel Embiid throughout the regular season averaged 33 points per game, 10 rebounds, just under two blocks, four assists, and a steal. Pretty damn good if you ask me. But however, in the playoffs, his numbers went significantly down. And he was actually accused of not showing up. Which is ridiculous because his teammate was the one that did not show. Y'all know his name. And then, you know, in the closeout game, Joel Embiid was atrocious. Because Philly lost the series in embarrassing fashion. Yeah, he only had 15 in a closeout game. That was bad. That's why he's not the best player in the league. Not because that's why, you know what I'm saying? But in the playoffs, Embiid averaged 24 points per game. Just under 10 rebounds per game. It's 9.8, so that's why I say just under. Um, three, Just under three assists per game. And he averaged three blocks a game throughout the playoffs. He did show up. It wasn't like he was a disappearing act, but that three-point shooting in the playoffs was awful. And that's a, a part of the reason why people were after Embiid because he shot 18% from three. He shouldn't be shooting... And he shouldn't even be attempting three three-pointers. He should attempt one, if that. We know where Joel B gets his bread and butter, which is 15 feet and in. Pause. Number one, it's who the fuck you think. Nikola Jokic. Now, Nikola Jokic had a hell of a season last year. And he led his team to the best record in the Western Conference. I mean, last year, uh, Jokic averaged just under 25 points per game, just under 10 assists, and just under 12 rebounds. So he almost fucked around and averaged a triple-double playing center. That's amazing. But, you know, we know his issue is on the defensive end. And throughout his playoff run, though, he actually played good defense. It wasn't wasn't top tier, but it was average at best. But it was still better defense than he played throughout the regular season, which deserves kudos. But again, Jokic averaged just under 25 points. A steal, just under 10 assists, just under 12 rebounds. He shot 63% from the field. As much as he shoots the fucking ball, he's very efficient. He shot 38% from three. 
he's not only, I mean, but fuck it, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jokic didn't want no puss-ass MVP anyway. He got two of them. But he got the MVP that matters the most, which is the finals MVP. And he was clearly the best player in the league last season. I have to give him his props. But um, throughout the playoffs, Nikola Jokic averaged 30 points per game. Jesus Christ. He averaged just under 10 assists per game again. And he averaged just under 14 rebounds per game. He averaged... He shot 55% from the field, 46% from three, y'all. Oh, my God. This dude was amazing. Let's look at his numbers in the NBA Finals against the Miami Heat. last thing I do before I get the fuck up out of here. Alright, let's see. Let's look at the final stats. Oh, man. This is incredible. Nikola Jokic in the finals averaged 30 points per game, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, and a block per game. He was playing damn good defense in the finals. That's where his defense peaked. And then, you know, Jamal Murray, another thing to add to that, you know, Murray averaged 21 points and 10 assists and six rebounds throughout the finals. Like, Jokic really makes his teammates better. And that's why I have him at the number one position as the best player in the league. All right, y'all, I've been going for a good two hours. I appreciate y'all for coming through, checking out the content and fucking with me. This King Known Uncensored. I'm gone.